It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. Russell, the Stockton, stock for three, stop, Garrett, unbelievable, John Stockton, John Stockton, it's over, a chance for it. Utah goes to Chicago, Stockton hits the three, it's over, a chance coming to Chicago, they won the West. Your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 22nd of March, the day we celebrate the 1997 Utah Jazz, 20 years after the fact. It's all coming up on Locked On Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. It has been so cool. Uh, yesterday and a little bit in the last week to hear the interviews on 1280 The Zone of all the, the old guys from the 96-97 team that are in town tonight. We celebrate and honor uh, that team and the, uh, the, champ, the, the run to the finals, the Western Conference Championship, uh, the Stockton shot. Uh, we're going to do that on the show today as well. Uh, a little bit uh, because, one, it takes me back. Uh, I was a talk show host in town, uh, hosting pre-halftime and post-game show, uh, working uh, directly with Hot Rod during that period of time, hosting a talk show uh, in the market, the great Dave Blackwell, uh, the great late Dave Blackwell, the great Hot Rod, uh, all a part of it. Uh, Steve Klauke doing a lot of work in that time period. We had just built uh, 1320K fan, Kevin Graham and I, uh, a large part of that. And so really uh, a, maybe one of the greatest times in my life just as a professional, uh, along with then covering my favorite childhood team and then having uh, – I was on the floor at the summit just, I mean, 15 steps away from Stockton uh, as I was walking – uh, they, the media came down from their seats, and we were coming down to be able to go in the locker rooms. Just the way they used to do it. Used to go down early. Uh, I don't think they do that anymore. And you, uh, and so you, I was walking down, and sta- I mean, I was within feet of Stockton, and the place went just so quiet. And you're in the media, and you're not supposed to be cheering, and you're looking at everybody else, Dave Fox, and. Wesley Ruff and uh, David James and Craig Bowlerjack, uh, all the other people covering it for TV. I think the newspaper reporters were probably Steve Loom and Brad Rock at the time. And uh, 
just like, oh, my gosh, it's happened. It's happened. Uh, it was such a great group. You know, young Shandon Anderson having an incredible year. Adam Keefe playing his role, which was anything from a small forward to center. Um, you know, you just it was cool. Jamie Watson and all that fiasco to start the year coming out of Cedar City training camp with his agent holding him out. Weber State's Ruben Nebhard had a little period of time. Uh, also, that was a healthy team. Malone started 82. Stockton started 82. Hornacek started 82. Russell started 81. Ostertag started 70. I think Greg Foster got the other starts. I don't know who got the – I don't know who started the one game other than Brian Russell. Um but that was that was a wonderful time. So I'm gonna uh, I'll take the time today. That'll be the the focus of today's show. We play the Knicks. Uh, the Knicks can beat us. I mean, we're not great right now, so that's part of it. Last 15 games, we're 16th offensively, and last five games, we're 12th defensively. We're pretty average. Should get this one though. We're 23 and 12 at home. They're 11 and 15, or 11 and 25 on the road. Uh, and and just a big picture across the league last night. Uh, you know, one good thing happened for the Jazz, or at least the one that you'd hope for. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins was awesome. Absolutely awesome. Uh, the uh, And the Pelicans beat the Grizzlies handily, actually. Marcus Sol just got outclassed. I mean, this is the game where, for those of us that are kind of, I don't, I hate to classify myself as anti-somebody, but, you know, who criticized DeMarcus for the antics and what it, what he's like. Uh, this is the game where, you know, you vote for him all NBA. I mean, 41 points, 17 rebounds. He just absolutely eviscerated Marcus Gasol last night. Uh, but that's good for the Jazz. I, I personally, at this point, am trying to avoid seven. Okay? You know, the nightmare scenario to me is... We make the playoffs, seventh seed, swept by the Warriors or Spurs. And all the progress that you feel like you've made just is out the window. That's the nightmare scenario that, at least in my book, I'm trying trying to hope we avoid. Uh, if we get six and go to Houston, all right, just deal with it. If we got five and head to L.A., it's not great. Might be rather be six, go to Houston at that point, other than I'd rather go to L.A., uh, I'd like to be four. Saturday, we're going to have to win if we want to be four. If we want to be four, we have to win on Saturday. That's something we haven't done a lot in L.A. Um, it would be Mammoth, uh, and their schedule is so easy and has been so easy recently, it's hard to tell if they're any better. Right? They they were discombobulated, and now you can't even tell uh, because they lost at Utah, lost against Milwaukee. They then lost at Denver when they pulled everyone, and then they beat Cleveland and play anyone, and they've beat the Knicks, and they, the Lakers aren't trying. They are at Dallas tonight. No, that can't be. They can't play back-to-back like that. Tomorrow. At Dallas tomorrow. And then home against us, which is interesting. Um, they just don't have many losses on their schedule also. That's the other thing about the Clippers. But if we get the, the 130 game Saturday afternoon, that would be a start. Um. And then they play back to back Sunday afternoon, again at home though. I mean, it's just their schedule so stupidly easy. Uh, they play Wednesday against Washington at home, and then at Phoenix, which is like a one hour flight. Then they get days off and play the Lakers again, who aren't who are consciously trying to lose. Per, smart. 
they get like five days off. Play, I'm exaggerating now because I'm pissed. And they play one. They play one game in the next seven days after that. Uh, they're also going to be ready for the playoffs, uh, unless they're just broken. But I don't think they are. I, I just don't. I don't. I don't usually believe that um, element of things. All right, let's do our pins across the world, um, and then we'll kind of revisit that team, that season, the circumstances um, around it all, all those kind of fun things along the way. Uh, if you'd like to advertise on Locked On Jazz, you can do so. Your team, your company's sponsorship could go right here, and here your name would then be heard by 97% male audience, uh, 82% of which is between the ages of 25 and 44, and 79%, which is between the ages of 18 and uh, 44. So. 25, 54, and 80, so you've got the gist of it. Uh, podcast listeners are showing themselves to be 56% more likely to interact with a sponsor they hear on a podcast than on other forms of media. So if you'd like to reach out, be a part of the uh, playoff run, please do so uh, and give me a email at dlock09 at gmail.com. Uh, Good morning. I'm a longtime listener and have had the intention to send an email for some time. This is an old one. I'm originally uh, from just north of Salt Lake, but moved to Denver, Colorado for graduate school before I moved to Durham, North Carolina, where I'm privileged to work as a mental health provider. I think I may have the best job in the world. Um, Anyway, I just wanted to share two quick thoughts. As a kid who grew up in northern Utah, I participated in junior basketball, jazz basketball throughout my youth as a player, referee, and coach. I have so many good memories. But the thrill of all thrills when my friend and I were picked out of the crowd as junior jazz participants during a player workshop to do layup drills with the one and only Walter Bond. He might have had the best NBA name ever. Bond. Walter Bond. I can't begin to describe the thrill of being on the court with an NBA player. I still remember that afterwards he asked my name, address, telephone number, and shoe size. I haven't yet received what I assumed would be shoes or something from the team. But as a fan, I got the thrill of my young life by getting some instruction, a high five, and making some layups. Second, as we all know, being a fan can lead to some funny ideas, beliefs, behaviors. For myself, I developed a belief during the runs that the Jazz had to be the NBA Finals, that if I stayed in one spot in our living room throughout the game, the Jazz simply couldn't lose. So whenever I was able to watch the game, my family put up with my belly aching while I sacrificed for them. It doesn't sound too bad, but let me tell you, there are a lot of discomforts while remaining in one spot for a full 48 minutes of basketball. The best part is it worked. Well, it almost worked. It turns out Michael Jordan had more magic than I do, but not by much. Regardless of not being able to put pull out the finals, I learned an important lesson about illusionary correlations and have a Great time feeling part of a special teams for my own well-being. I'm leaving the results to the team now, but I still watch and read everything that is jazz-related. He then goes on to say some other things, um, and uh, uh, it's very, very nice um, on the mental health issue, but I wanted to just tip a hat to um, Sue, our pin across the world from Durham, North Carolina. Awesome. Loved it. All right. Uh, I think all of us know where we were, right? I mean, when, if we're going to celebrate this team today, uh, this is what's actually interesting. Uh, and even, you know, Hayward points it out. Hayward's like, I was seven years old. I don't really remember. Um, unless it's 20 years ago. And so figure out whatever number you think is the age by which you really become a fan and begin to understand what a fan being a fan is and understand the game. And it doesn't mean you like you have to be very knowledgeable, but it's just interesting to think that for unless if you're under forty, your knowledge base of this team is also just when they were great. The first thing that I think you have to remember about this team is some of the context 
of of how it happened. So the year before, I mean, if you kind of work it backwards, they they get together in eighty eight eighty nine, and Layden retires seventeen games into that season. They win fifty games for the first time. Everything feels really good, and then they lose in the first round of the playoffs getting swept by the George Carl Warriors in three games. It was just couldn't have been more humiliating. Uh, they lose the opener, and that's when the old days when you played the first two at home, and then you played the third one in their building, and you were going to get – so you got one and two at home, three and four in their building, five back in your building, and we lost both at home. First night was 123-119, and then the next night, if I remember correctly, was a slowdown game. And that it was the Chris Mullen, Mitch Richmond – uh, I think it was before they added uh, Tim Hardaway. It really was not that great a team. We were just so young. Um, we just couldn't get it done and uh, didn't have the P- – Stockton Malone. Uh, it, it's crazy. I took some time to go back and look at some of these. Stockton Malone played 46 minutes in those games. Mitch Richmond and Chris Mullen played 45. Like, guys just played the entire playoff game. Thurl Bailey played 44. And, and they – so those were your three guys at that point were – were those three, Malone, Stockton, Daryl Griffith uh, was on that team as well. The, the, and the young kids had these great playoffs. They played literally played average 46 minutes a game. I think Stockton averaged 27 points a game in that playoff series going up and down. But they get swept. It's like, all right. And, and this is 89 we're talking about. Like, you have to really put this in perspective. And that then, you know, and you wonder, like, what would happen to this day and age in 88-90 They then lose in five to the Phoenix Suns in the first round. And again, it's with home court. We win game one. We lose game two. We lose game three. We win game four in Phoenix and then lose 104-102 in a total heartbreaker at home against the Suns. That's not even the Barkley Suns. That's the Chambers, Kevin Johnson, Eddie Johnson, Jeff Hornacek Suns Uh, in, in that series. Uh, and, and Malone's not as good that year. I mean, he still plays like these ridiculous moments, but he only shoots 44% for the whole series, and he's not as good, and 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 Stockton's not quite as good. He shoots 42% and one of 13 from three, which is a different era. You don't shoot them as often. Um, but, you know, so it's like this rough start. Like, I think that's like part of the storyline. And again, you know, this is so long ago. This is this is tw- 30 years ago. So if you're not like that, then... Then they get to the finals, and they make their first conference finals. I'll never forget, 91-92. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll never. That's like, to me, that's actually um, one of the greatest highlights as a Jazz fan is beating the Sonics in that five-game series to get to the 92 uh, finals or Western Conference finals. And that's Clyde Drexler and and um, Terry Porter. And, and, that's, and our team has... Um, kind of has solidified itself. Tyrone Corbin's a huge part of that team. Blue Edwards, David Benoit, your wings. Eaton still 35, but really highly functioning. Um, I remember Delaney Rudd because he was the backup to Stockton. I just thought he was awful. Um, I just, you know, he drove me crazy. Well, of course he did because he wasn't Stockton and I wasn't quite old enough to understand or get the game and, and experienced enough to get the game. But that, um, I remember that. That series, by the way, was tied 2-2. Uh, we head back to Portland and lose in a great game, if I remember correctly. I would have to go back and look at all of it, 127, 121, and then, and then um, lose game six at home, um, which was kind of a crusher. You thought you were going to be able to force game seven, and um, 
I had, I was on the verge of graduating from college and thought like this was going to be it. And um, yeah, we just got some guys didn't have great games that night. Um, I remember that one. That was that was like a, a forty five minutes again for like each guy. Like that, it was definitely a different time. And that, so that, then now we've tasted it. Right now you're conference finals. Then there's the ninety three ninety four run, which I kind of feel like it's the forgotten run. They went fifty three, um, and they they beat. The Spurs, which I think might have been the Rodman Spurs in the first round, they beat a Denver team. Um, it was pretty good, and it took seven. Like I, like I gotta say, the '94 playoffs are really the te- the year that I feel like has been kind of forgotten um, along the way. But the Jazz win that game seven uh, pretty dominantly, if I if I recall correctly. I was um, at this point, I am now covering the Jazz. I'm, I'm now here covering it. Um, that's Dikembe Mutombo and Mahmoud Abdul Rauf and. And all of that, and the Jazz, um, if I remember correctly, I think really took control of that game early. I remember, I think they won there by 15 heading into the fourth. There wasn't, there wasn't a lot of doubt. Uh, Mailman was epic. He had 31. Uh, that's the Felton Spencer was on that team. We had Felton in town here recently. Ty Corbin starting for that team. That's you're beginning to get more veteran. You have Tom Chambers and Jay Humphreys in that era. So I mean, there's just these different pieces is what I'm trying to get to, and it's a really tough run. Which is part of the story, and then there's the ninety five ninety six which actually one of again one of my most vivid memories as a fan is I fly out to cover the jazz game seven in Seattle, and I fly my dad out and we buy two tickets, and I sit with my dad uh in the crowd in key arena for the ninety six game seven that's a crusher that's the Sean Kemp makes the free throws mailman misses him and um uh, and, and and that's all. That series got so much to it. The Jazz had come off that Spurs series and weren't quite ready to play, and they get blasted in Game One. And the TV flips them around fast, if you recall. Uh, if I, they have to go to Seattle right away, they're just not ready to play. I think they lose by thirty, and then uh, Game Five in Seattle is just a a war, and the Jazz sneak it out and win it, so it makes it three two, and then they blow them out in Game Six, and then Game Seven goes wire to wire and. They don't make the finals, and a lot, a lot of us, I, uh, let's thought it was that was it. Like Malone's thirty-two, Stockton's thirty-three, Hornacek's thirty-two. They've knocked on the door three times now and haven't gotten there. And you're thinking to yourself, "Wow, that could be it." Like I remember just being crushed. Their stories, uh, that locker room that night, mailman's like. He does a whole speech about how people doubted us. We got further than anyone thought. And someone, I think it was me, said to John, like Mailman just said, that you overachieved. And and one of the few times I've ever seen John blink, he he kind of overachieved. Like he's you know he's crushed. We didn't make the finals. And um, there's some stories that are either wives' tales or or true or not. Twenty years later, about that plane was delayed because. Guys were so brokenhearted they couldn't get on it. They wouldn't get on it to go home and uh, change who they were for the next year. And then the 96-97 season happens. Uh, and if I remember correctly, it's you know, we go down to Cedar City for training camp and there's just a there's a kind of a renewed energy. And John, Carl's done it again and come out with even more pizzazz. And John's 34 and Brian Russell has now had a few years under his belt as a 26-year-old and is is making really nice strides as a player. Uh, they've acquired Ostertag. He's now got a little bit of juice underneath him. Antoine Carr, the 35-year-old, is a really great scorer, very similar kind of an Al Jefferson type, gets added to the team. 
You've got the young Shandon Anderson. Adam Keith gets picked up along the way. They sign Chris Morris as a free agent. Uh, and so suddenly this team has a little more depth, and they were awesome. Holy smokes, were they awesome. Uh, and right out of the shoot, they open the year with this kind of uh, – they play – turned out to be four playoff teams right out of the shoot, some really good ones, the Sonics. Uh, and they win opening night against the Sonics. They go to L.A., the Clippers, who they'll, on a back-to-back, who they later will see in the first round. And then they play the Rockets back-to-back, and they lose. And I remember, I'm hosting a talk, so I'm an extremist at this point and totally out of control. And they've lost. They're 2-2, two and two, and they've lost to the Rockets back-to-back games. And you're just like, oh, no. And, um, you know, if I remember correctly, Hornacek and Russell don't start the year great. And you just, oh, like, you know, Barkley gets them again. And then they run off. 15 straight to go to 17 and 2. And then they muddle around a little bit. Like, I think people have forgotten about this. Then they muddle around a little bit. Then they go lose nine of their next, I think, uh, 14. Like a bad January East Coast road trip. They don't, uh, they just, they don't do great on that traditional December trip. They lose three out of five. It's like, uh uh-oh, what's wrong? Um, and then it kind of clicks back in uh, against some not great teams in in early. Um, they play a Vancouver and a, a Phoenix was only okay then, and Philadelphia was only okay then, and uh, they kind of get it back, but you're not sure. And then all of a sudden in March they run off 15 straight again, and. The capper was just a blowout win over the Houston Rockets uh, in April. That was kind of the sign of like um, it was the 60th win of the season. The Rockets came. I remember this one. Uh, the Rockets came in with Elijah and Barkley and Drexler at this point, and uh, the Jazz have won 59. They've won 53. It's clearly like it's the game that's going to be the you know the. The moment male goes for twenty eight thirteen and five he's just he's just incredible. The defense is stifling they're up by i think fifteen at the half, and they blow him out by twenty and it was like all right, fifteen in a row and blowing out the rockets were great. Here we come. Uh, they end up losing a few nights later to a Laker team and then closing out the win sixty four and eighteen they lost three games at home all season long, and one of those was the fourth game of the season to the Rockets. Like they and and they also lost it. They lost two of the three by December twelfth. I mean, this team when it clicked in, it was not losing home games, and the arena, as you know, was rocking, and the fans were epic. Um, and then they got to the playoffs, and I believe uh, just you know it, it felt like just this was back to the three game f- series in the beginning, just crushed the Clippers. Um, and that was not a bad Clipper team. It wasn't. No, take it back. The uh, the good Clipper team they played was the riot year, which was ninety one, ninety two, uh, and then blow out the the young. That's a young Laker team um, that they then crush uh, in five um, with Shaq. They haven't had Kobe yet. It's the Nick Van Exel, Eddie Jones, Robert Ory. Oh, Kobe's there. Kobe's actually there that year. He's eighteen. He's just not a big piece of it. Um, it's the next year. Kobe misses the air balls. Uh, if I if I if I think that's right though, maybe that's the series Kobe misses the air balls, and then they just sweep them the next year, and then the Rocket series, um, 
which, you know, they were on the benefactor of be, having a little more rest, blew out the Rockets who had to come to Utah because they had that home court in the first two games, go to Houston and get beat. And then game four, you think they're going to win it. Uh, it's 90, they lose it 95 to 92. Um, they led by five at the half. And the offense just disappears in the fourth quarter. They only score 16 points in that fourth quarter. Um, they they really they had the I remember I, you did you left uh, that game in Houston flying back thinking oh oh gosh like that was the one you had to have you you just you were up by five at the half uh, you, you you were in control um, you were playing so well Stockton had a great game uh, that night. Uh, Malone was just continually dominant. Everything was felt like it was coming together. Um, you know, Barkley gave this big speech that nobody start. The series hasn't started until somebody loses a home game, kind of before when they were down, and and that was his kind of big mantra. And you thought you finally got them, which you knew would deflate them, and and didn't happen. Um, and then went back to Salt Lake uh, in a great game, ninety six ninety one, win game five of that series. Uh, Elijah was incredible, uh, and it, it did, it, you know, you thought he was going to get you again, right? He's gotten you a few times before if you kind of, we skipped a whole generation there of first round losses. Uh, and, uh, again, Stockton just never misses. I think he st- if my memory is like going into those game seven, Stockton had made something like 17 of his last 20 shots or something. Uh, he hadn't taken a lot, but just incredible. Malone was, was brilliant, uh, 20. And then good balance. I mean, this was a good basketball team. You know, they said Antoine Carr was getting you when he was in, getting his scoring punch. And Howard Isley was, had improved just enough to get you eight or nine points a game. And uh, you had Hornacek and you had Brian Russell getting you about 12 points a game. And and it was it was really it was an impressive group that they had put together. And then there's the, the epic uh, game six uh, in which the Jazz won a 3-100, John Stockton's three on May 29th, 1997. Uh, I bought my dad tickets to that game. He was in the crowd in Houston uh, for his birthday. I used to give my buy my dad tickets to a game in a, a playoff game every year. That's his birthday, uh, so I remember that. Uh, Stock again, was brilliant. He had 25. He really took a huge offensive load that night. Uh, Ostertag was really good that night. 16 points and 14 rebounds. Um and that was the opposite feeling. You were down five at halftime and you came back in the third and then the offense exploded in the fourth and scored 33 points. So it was a really, it was very, very different um, than what you'd seen the rest of the series and then the Jazz obviously make the finals. But that's the team we're celebrating and uh, that is our pod, our Locked on Jazz today, just remembering that group, that team. The journey to get there, I think, is the is really, you know, the story as much as as anything uh, when you when you celebrate this team, they'll talk about the finals and the shot and everything. But you know, from the time in which it's it's four first round losses, a second round loss, and three conference finals before getting uh, to the finals for this for that group uh, to have that longevity, to have that organizational patience, to have that time together. Uh, I don't know if it'll ever happen again. I don't know if you can still build a team in the same way. Uh, I don't know if players stick around the same way, uh, but it's really it's a great reminder of how incredibly difficult it is to get to where they got to uh, and, and what it takes. But um, yeah, I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven, eight playoffs before you reach the finals as a group, uh, and, and 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 fifty-five, sixty, fifty-three, fifty-five, fifty-four, fifty-five win seasons. Wow. 
I mean, and then we haven't even talked about it. We'll go back and look at the 92-93 season, by the way, is where you really think it's all going to come to an end. They only won 47 games. They lose in the first round. Uh, there's there's a lot of – lot the, the Sonics get them in five. There's a lot of belief to think that that's it. That's like the end of it. Um, that's Jeff Malone. Stockton's 30. Malone's 29. Then they make the trade for Hornacek, and it revitalizes the run. That is Locked On Jazz. Hope you enjoyed that memory lane trip. Thank you very much for tuning in. It's all part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hi, guys. This is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.